Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers Podcast. This is the official podcast of the Special Sheffield Board Games Club. Uh, my name is Rick, and I'm joined today by Tom Cauldron. Hello, Tom. Hello. Hello. We've also got Lizzie on as well. Hi, Lizzie. Hiya. Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining me, both of you. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of games that we've played recently. We have been to the Expo. Well, you guys have, so we're going to talk about that, and you can tell me about your experiences and what it's like, because I couldn't, I couldn't go this year, uh, this year, so it be interesting to, to hear about that. But before all that, um, I just wanted to let you know about this uh, this puzzle book that I bought off Amazon. Uh, there's, a, there's a new uh, Ticket to Ride puzzle book out. So this is it's based on the, the board game, but it's like, I don't know if you remember them, but my nana used to have like these puzzle books and they used to have like different puzzles in there, um, like word searches and logic puzzles and oh, yeah. things like yeah. that, a bit of a mix of things. It's a bit like that. Um, it's a proper book. It's quite thick. It's probably about 300 pages long. And it's a bit of a story as well. You're kind of going around the United States and the places that are on the on the board in the game, and yeah, it's full of uh, each page is like a little puzzle. So there are word searches, there are logic puzzles, riddles, things like that, Sudoku stuff. So it, it was uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. If you if you're a fan, it's um, uh, something worth having a look at. It don't, don't nothing to do with the board game really as such. It's more like a solo kind of puzzle book thing. But it was only it was only really cheap. It was like under a tenner, I think, off Amazon. It's it's kind of a strange concept. Like, is it? Yeah, it is. If if you like Ticket to Ride, you like this, or is it? Yeah. just it's randomly got the same logo on. Yeah, it's a bit strange. It's uh, it's, it's branded, and I, I think it's originally yeah. it was German because it's the German, uh, the authors are German, I think. So I presume it's been published in Germany and then probably translated to English. But yeah, it's got all the answers in the back. So if you kind of get stuck or anything, or if you're not sure, you can uh, have a look in the back and it tells you all the answers and stuff. But I think there was also like a puzzle game as well, like a physical puzzle game based on Ticket to Ride. I think it was a Catan one as well that I've seen reviewed somewhere. I've not seen any of those. But yeah, it's just a bit of a weird, quirky, quirky thing there. So if you're if you're a collector or if you if you fancy having a go on it, I've been I've been doing it in my lunch hour, <laughs> oh, yeah. taking it to work with me and yeah, sitting down and doing a puzzle or something. So. Obviously, branching I mean, out the brand. Yeah, I mean, you can see why uh, publishers tried to make um, a thing out of a brand of a, a, a game or something. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know if it really catches on in a big way in uh, in board game world. I think mm. people sort of look for uh, well, the the actual actual substance of any particular game rather yeah. than oh, it's, well, it's another one of those. So you know. Yeah, more more of a game type thing rather than a yeah a collection of kind of puzzles and things. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, people are different. Maybe maybe there is a ticket to ride completist out there who will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely completists out there. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I somehow have ended up with almost everything with the name pandemic on it. <laughs> so maybe if they did a I don't know pandemic coloring book or something, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd probably buy that as well. So, <laughs> it happening. Yeah. Pandemic colouring book. That'd be an interesting concept, <laughs> wouldn't it? Well, <laughs> I'll pitch that to Matt Leacock next time I meet him. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met like Matt Leacock. <laughs> oh, a legacy colouring book. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, oh, what, colouring book's kind of legacy. I guess it, anyway, yeah. Yeah, they? <laughs> yeah, they came first. Yeah. I've been around all along. So that's that's what I've been up to. You guys have been at the um, at the expo, but have you done anything else recently or anything board game related? Um, I've played a few games lately. I've been playing a lot of Orchard Solo, which is a really nice little game. I play that over my breakfast. That's a nice little puzzle, a sort of laying cards on top of one another. And the more more you get on top of one another, the more points you get. That's been a nice little game. 
Is that like a card game? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a print and play actually. It's just eighteen cards. Oh, so right, I just yeah. printed it out and laminated it. And it's just sort of uh, each card has six flowers on it of different colours. And when you lay a card over another card, you put a die on it. And the first time you do that, you put a one. And if you manage to get another card over the same colour flower, then you tip mm. the die up even further. So it goes from one to three to six to ten. So you get more and more points the more cards you manage to overlay. But it's difficult to get all the colours to match at once. So it's like a little a little tile laying sort of pattern matching game. It's very relaxing. So, so, so it's a print and play. Did, did you kind of print it out yourself or did you like send yeah. it off somewhere or? Yeah, yeah. Did you print it out on paper or cardboard or something there? Yeah, I just use thick paper. So it will go through a normal printer, fine, mm. but it's just a bit thicker than normal normal paper. Oh, okay. And then put that through a laminator mm. and then it will have cut lines uh, on it where to cut yeah. out the nine cards. So I've, just, I've got a, a guillotine to smooth yeah. that one and just chop it all up and you're done. Yeah. It's really yeah, cool. easy. It's a, it's a nice way to sort of try out a, uh, a little game. Yeah, I've seen quite a lot of like print and play stuff. And I think, you know, like solo games and things like that that you can, you know, just download. But I've never tried actually physically, you know, create anything. But it'd be interesting mm. to try something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is worth it. I, I recommend mm. it. It is it's quite easy to do. And, and there, are, there are lots of games that are really suitable for it. Like these yeah. 18 card buttons. I do a whole load of them. Download off the internet, Sprawlopolis and Rove and things like that. Mm. Which uh, it's only nine cards, which is two sheets of paper that you've got to print out and just cut mm. it up and, and you're done. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be really, really doing a um, terraforming Mars with like hundreds of cards. No, people <laughs> do. I've seen, I've seen pictures of things that, that people have have made. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know all, uh, all the pieces. Oh. Quite a few people do uh, printed plays of Glory to Rome because that's not oh, printed, yeah, not going to be so like expensive. Print. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, various publishing problems that they had. Mm-hmm. So that's never going to be printed again. So people just doing printed plays of it. But that's mm-hmm. Fair enough. quite a lot of cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a bit of a mission. But yeah, if, if you want it, it's probably the best thing to do. Yeah. Because you can't get it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so one, one of the games that I played recently at the club is a game called Voices in My Head. Um, this is a bit of a quirky kind of game. It's. Um, it's based on a jury, a trial of a, a character called Guy. That's his name, Guy. He's a guy. <laughs> and he's robbed a bank, basically. So you're playing a personality and you're trying to either find him guilty or not guilty by influence the, influencing the jurors. So there's like a row of jurors at the top of the board of different types and they'll they'll think you you know either guilty or not guilty depending on on what you're doing in the game yeah, and you're all individual parts of guy's personality aren't you? yeah yeah like one one person will be like honesty and you'll want to um find him guilty because that's he did it and you know you're feeling guilty about it mm-hmm. another person will be selfish and you'll want an equal number of jurors who want to find him guilty and not guilty so, uh, there's a prosecutor who wants to find him guilty. So you get uh, a hidden role at the start of the game. Nobody knows what you are and which way you want to go, uh, apart right. from the prosecutor. And they're kind of in charge of the game. They're kind of the, um, the the person that's trying to find them guilty. So the prosecutor reveals themselves so you know who they are and everybody knows who they are. Uh, there's a board in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the table, and then on the board there's like a platform, and each player has these little round tokens. And when it's your turn, you can drop a token onto this platform, and then you kind of push it in like one direction. And there's like five different uh, areas of his brain where you can push these tokens into, and that'll influence which jurors or the uh, it's like an area control. Like whoever's got the most tokens in this area 
will mm-hmm. you know get to decide what happens with the jurors at the end of the round but the thing is you can as more and more tokens get added they kind of get pushed off the edge if you think about like those penny pusher arcade machines it's a bit like that you can't like flick your token or you can't like uh you know you have to slowly kind of push it uh towards the the edge of this platform and it might push some other ones off or it, it might you know make it so that you're you've got the most tokens in that particular area right so okay. there's kind of like a little bit of a dexterity side of, to it as well and yeah, as that's you not, work not, out, not a mechanic i would have expected in a hidden roll game yeah yeah <laughs> well <Wow. laughs> and yeah. as you as you kind of play the game and you go through the rounds you can try and guess what personalities people are because they're putting tokens on this jury there's like a jury track at the top and you can put guilty and not guilty tokens on mm-hmm. some are face down as well so you can't see them so you might put a couple of face down ones on these particular jurors and then other cards will let you look at those and swap them around and things like that so that's what you're trying to do you're trying to influence the jury so that you you win so the that that's the that's a weird thing about it. The the other weird thing is that several people can win. So in our game, he was found guilty, and the so that means the prosecutor wins, and the characters who wanted him to find him guilty they win as well. So out of like three to six players, you, you might have three that win the game as such because he's because he's been found guilty, and they those obviously lose because they wanted him to be not guilty or wanted him to have equal or whatever it might be. So yeah, it's a it's a very odd, uh, very odd little <laughs> little game. Didn't didn't take too long. It took us about an hour to play, so it's fairly quick. It pl- plays between three and six players, but it was good fun. I enjoyed it. It was good. I, I was a prosecutor, e- even though you're kind of running the game and you're deciding on, you know, what cards to play and things like that. You still take part. You still have your own token that you can use when it comes down to your turn. So you're still involved with it. You're still doing stuff, even though you're not actually playing the game slightly different to the other the other players. There's a bit of a story, so there's like a couple of decks of cards where, you know, something will happen and then you can pick a choice. It'll say like choice A or choice B and you can pick a choice of which you want and then you read out the results of that. So you don't you don't quite know what the results are going to be until you've actually picked a, picked a choice at the end of the round. So, yeah, all in all, it was, uh, it was good fun. I enjoyed it. I, like I said, it's not too, not too quick, but uh, a bit quirky. I, I can say it's not obviously not for everybody. I think some people are going to maybe find it a bit boring, but if you like the theme, if you like the kind of jury trial kind of theme, or if you want uh, to play something that's like a little bit quirker or a little bit different to other things, then yeah, it's good to have a go. Yeah, I've I've had um, a go at this uh, at the club a few few weeks ago, and it, it was enjoyable. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's I mean, quirky is definitely a description. They just sort of threw lots of ideas at it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's hidden roles, area control, dexterity. Uh, yeah, and you're all the same person. Set collection, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything in there. <laughs> you're on trial, you definitely did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does seem to be a thing these days, that we've, we've run out of new mechanics, and so now let's just mash loads of them together and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 To make <laughs> your games. But it's interesting what you can get out of doing that. Mm, you can get yeah. some really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. It's a lovely production as well, I think. The, yeah. Uh, all yeah. The, the, the little stands and the bit that you're, the platforms that you're pushing things around on work really well, I think. Yeah, and the, the story is well written as well. There's like story elements in the cards that like um, flavor text that you can read out. Yeah. And if you if you're the prosecutor, you can kind of play it up a little bit as well. So you get like little pieces of information to read. So you read it out to all the players, and all the players are listening and trying to work out, you know, who the other players are. So yeah, it's good fun. And you can kind of develop a bit of narrative about what guy is doing. Like yeah. honestly, is just taking control of his speech 
uh, centre of his brain for this this round. So you know, maybe he scouts I did it or something. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's uh, voices in my head. Uh, so what, what you've been playing, Tom? What you've been up to? Uh, well, um, apart from the expo, I also did a bit of playtesting at the treehouse mm-hmm. at the weekend. Monthly playtest session. That's good. But yeah, I mean, we've been playing a few of the games that we got from the expo. We got a modest pile of games. <laughs> uh, not very. Not. Uh, I think. Uh, I think only one game that we hadn't actually played before, so we didn't go and sort of discover lots was, of new was, things. This time. Was was it in double digits the number of games that you got? think it's just under oh okay <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to i mean some of those were in- included like a uh, a fistful of bezzy bargain bags stuff oh, okay. by bez her products at the moment are all like five pound bags of, with a um a card game in it, a, a sort of quick simple card game so he, mm. he had like six different games that he'd just developed over the last few months all of which take like five ten minutes and just simple fun games so we got like loads of them i think the only big game we got the only big i mean well we got a couple from the uh bring and buy we got pillars of the earth and jaws which is nice mm. but the only new big game we got was uh switch and signal which was uh sold out at the expo actually mm. we did we tried to buy it there but then it was all out there and we got it as soon as we went into the treehouse which so they had it there oh. um we tried it out at the expo having heard of it it's mm-hmm. A cooperative game. It's um, sort of, sort of like, it's sort of about the same weight as Pandemic, I'd guess. So, mm. if you know that, then they'll uh, sort of, sort of think it's gone. It's cooperative, uh, moving trains around, and you've got control of the switches and the signals to try and guide the trains in the right direction to to pick up cubes from various cities around Europe or America, depending on which side of the board you're playing, uh, and deliver them to the port. Starts off nice and easy. You've got these trains on the board. You just want them to go this way, so you'll do this and do that, and then and ch- change that light to green. <laughs> um, and that's all fine. But there's uh, cards every round which just sort of make you put more trains on the board or mand- randomly move. Well, not randomly. Say this colour of train is going to move, whether you mm. want it to or not. It's <laughs> like, oh, God, we don't want to move that. It's right next to a, a closed junction. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if how much it models the life of a the signal signalers on the railways where trains <laughs> just randomly move. And crack it. I would I would hope that that's inaccurate. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in this game, um, cracking things is bad, but not very bad. You just you, you, don't, couple, you don't lose. No, you just lose a couple of time tokens. Ah, it's okay. It's a minor much. crash. If you do it too much, lose too many time tokens, you might lose one of the cards, which is, well, that's the time of the game. You've got like 16 cards before you, right. you finish. If you lose one of those, you've got slightly less before the end of the game, so you've got to do it quicker. So, yeah. Um, so, basically, so, yeah. people notice and they have to have an inquiry, then you lose. But <laughs> a few you can get away with. General message of this is, yeah, try not to crack if you can help it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it's really simple. I mean, the cards that you're playing on your turn, you've only got three different kinds of cards. One is moving the green lights around. So there's a lot of red light space on the board. And you, if you just put a green token on top of it, it is now open. The other one is changing switches. So there's lots of junction space on the board with uh, black tokens on, so which change which direction trains go if they go through that junction. And there's move trains 
cards. So you can play a train, play a card to move one of these trains. There's diff- three different kinds of trains. There's slow ones, fast ones, and medium ones. And they moved according to dice. So the slow one's got like a dice which has one, 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 two, two, and three. And the fast one, the med- the lowest it can go is two, and the highest it can go is five. So yeah, it's um, the slow ones get in the way. The fast one trying to come through. So you've got to try and divert it around the slow mm. ones. So, yeah. I've played three games of it so far. One of it at the expo on the Cosmos stand. We didn't need anyone to go with it. We just learned it from the manu- manual. It was really quite simple to learn. It took like 10 minutes. And mm. then we, we showed it to like two or three other people passing by us <laughs> who sort of joined in the game a bit. Um, so, you know, I, I, we were sort of uh, Cosmos demoers for a little bit. <laughs> oh, I, I like that idea, sort of passing yeah. it over to the next the yeah. next people who sit down. Absolutely, yeah, we talked yeah, to then, people. Yeah, that, that, that would be great. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a, an easy game to pick up. Not many rules. Fairly simple to know what to do. But we have we have lost two of the ga- two of the three games that we've played and only oh. narrowly won the other one. So it's a challenging one. I don't know if we've so which hard is to good. master. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean you I think I find I find with cooperative games particularly, if you sit down and just win the first one, you go, Oh right, okay, it's not gonna get any any harder than that because we're gonna get better at it and just mm. win every time. That's boring. Yeah, yeah. you're the challenge. So yeah, yeah, losing a couple of times in the first few is, is promising. Yeah, especially if yeah. you feel like you you could win. Oh yeah, it was yeah. it was doable. Yeah. It's that that yeah. like sort of sweet spot of um, yeah. you know, next time we'll get it. Absolutely, and I played it with a couple of different people now, so uh, everyone seems to enjoy it. It sort of builds up to a bit of a climax as more and more trains sort of land on the board and more things are happening, and you get closer to oh we if we if we just manage to change this switch and get this train moving enough then mm. we might be able to manage it and we all, we've only got two cars left and <laughs> it's just built up quite nicely to that and yeah. it's been pretty close every time and i don't know if paula's planning to show it to all of her public transport friends because she did <laughs> <laughs> she did the passenger transport in at the moment and yeah. Uh, yeah a couple of the games we got were, were that and um get on board which is uh, used to be known as Let's Make a Bus Route. So, <laughs> we were a bit tra- uh, public see. transport heavy in our uh, yeah. in our games buying, but it was a good. Whether or not you're really into public transport, this seems like a good game. It was certainly popular at the expo. It was it was on my list of games to try and get a demo of, mm. but there, there were there were two copies I think, but they were they were always being played. Well, if you put, so stop by right when we were it. playing, we we were showing you it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I had a quick look over your shoulders to sort of see how it worked. Yeah. Yeah, it does look good. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to try that one at some point. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Uh, what about you, Lizzie? What you've been? Uh, what you've been playing? Um, so I, I did manage to get a uh, a bunch of demos in at the at the expo. And I think we spent most of our time sort of wandering around the halls and um, playing a couple of of games. We got demos of the Isle of Cats, which is a classic, which I haven't played, which is crazy. And uh, so we had a demo of that and the. Um, the new roll and write version of it, which was, mm. was was pretty cool. Basically, you draw the polyamino tiles onto your ship instead of actually using tiles to do it, but it's a similar sort of game. Mm. So that was quite nice. Yeah, the game that sort of stuck with me as being at least unusual <laughs> was um, So You've Been Eaten, which is certainly one, one of the best titles that I've come across in a game for a while. <laughs> and it, it's an asymmetric two-player game. Well, uh, I should correct myself. It's an asymmetric 
zero to two player game which will make, make more okay. sense later on yes okay. the designers were very proud of this fact and would point it out to everybody so i'll, I'll have to mention it but yeah it's, it's essentially a, a two-player game so one of you's playing the beast and the other player plays the miner who has been eaten by the beast uh, <laughs> So the miner is trying to go through the gut of a said beast, trying to collect crystals. So the miner's been eaten on purpose. Uh, this is his uh, job, I guess. So he's been like a solid hole and like he's in the, yeah, he's in the yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Now he's sort of travelling through the insides, trying to collect the, the crystals, which apparently grow in the gut of the beast, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to take them out of the other end without being eaten uh, in the process, but to come out intact, free to be eaten again by more beasts presumably (laughs) so one player is trying to do that and the other player is playing the beast who's trying to kill the miner before he manages to get out so how that works is you basically sit either end of a row of cards so that's the gut is a row of i think it was eight cards and on those cards they've all got a different color of bacteria on them which is how the beast is trying to kill the miner and some of them will have the crystals on and so the miner's playing a little um dice placement game so they roll their dice and then they use their dice to do different actions and the number of the dice is how many cards away from their end of the board they can go so if there's a crystal like four cards up then they could use a four die to collect that crystal for instance let's say they didn't have a four they could maybe use a three to take away the card before that which would then make the crystal shuffle a bit closer to them so whenever you take any cards out they all shuffle up to fill up the space so the miner's got this kind of interesting game of manipulating the cards in the row, trying to take them away, trying to collect the crystals, and trying to change the card which is closest to them. Because whatever colour bacteria is closest to them at the end of their turn is going to damage them. And if the beast ever manages to get one particular colour of bacteria all the way up to the top, then they win because they've been ingested. <laughs> and so the other side, the beast is manipulating that card row. So they've got a hand of cards which they fill up the row with. Uh, on their turn so they can what what order all the cards are in to try and make it difficult for the miner to to deal with them. They choose what cards go down where and they're Mm. trying to get certain patterns which earn them uh, extra ability cards which have points on. So they win if they manage to get a bunch of the ability cards or kill the miner with the bacteria and the miner wins if they get all their crystals. So they're two very different games like each side of it. I think the miner seems more interesting to me than the beast. As the beast, you just feel like you're feeding the cards. But um, I guess if you played it more, you could figure out a bit more of the strategy on either side. Mm. But um, but they're both, basically in the box, there are AI decks to play as either side. So you can play it solo as the miner and use the AI to do the beast for you and mm. the other way around, which is how you can have a zero-player game by using both of the AI uh, decks against yeah. one another. Why you would do that, I don't know. But <laughs> sure people have. The game gives you the option, <laughs> should you wish to do that, and see what happens. I guess you can work out. Yes, yeah, it is. And they were certainly very proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it looks very nice. It's a very it's a very nice design. It's by Scott Arms. I should mention the, the, the tiny epic guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And some Warp's Edge, yeah. which I really like. Um, so quite, quite a lot of soloable games, I guess. Great does. title. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. another quirky one. I, th- I think I've been outquirked with the games this week. <laughs> That's why it's so memorable. But that, just that title sort of really sticks in my head. And the theme, which I think is great. 
I'm not yeah. sure the game is great. Not sure. I'd have to play it a bunch more, but it was certainly um, stuck in my mind. How long are we talking? How, how long did, did, did it take you to play a game, do you think? Uh, about about half an hour. All right, so, so not quick. super long. Yeah, yeah. basically the, um, the deck of cards that the Beast has, if that mm. runs out, then I think that just times out the game. Yeah. And then if the Beast has any crystals in their hand, those points just get automatically given to the Miner so that you can't just hog all of the crystals and not mm. let the Miner have them because if it times out, they'll get the points anyway. Yeah. So yeah, so the game has a very sort of finite end to it. Can't go on too long. So you, so you played that at the expo, did you say? Yes, yeah, yeah. We, we had a demo of that there. Yeah. So so what, what was that involved then? Is it just like a couple of rounds they set it up here, or do you like play a full game or? Yeah. So the, the system they had at the demo was was quite was quite well organised. They had they had one person uh, sat at a table who had the game set up and here mm. go through the game, explain how it worked, and teach you the rules. And then if you enjoyed the game, then you could hang around and wait for one of the groups of people playing the game to finish and then sit down and play it. And that never took that long because it's only a half an hour game and there were three sets of people playing who didn't yeah. necessarily finish a game. So we just hung around for a couple of minutes till somebody finished and then sat down and played the game. Right. They'd come over and help if there were any questions or whatever. Yeah. But I did feel very sorry for the guy explaining the rules because he literally sat at that table, explained the rules let people sort of move along and some more people will shuffle up to the table and be like does it again right, all over again and he was yeah. really hoarse <laughs> He's oh, obviously yeah. been there all day just repeating the same rules yeah. like every 10 minutes wow it's oh, it's, it's so, uh, i've seen sometimes i think they have like volunteers and they get like a free pass or some food or something for yeah was it an actual yeah. employee then was it always like a volunteer do you know or i don't know i think he was from the company yeah yeah he was certainly very proud of the whole zero to two thing. So, <laughs> so, so Tom, when you played Switch and Signal, was that just out on the table or something? There was it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cosmos had a Cosmos had a big stand. They did have some uh, staff wandering around teaching mm. people, but we just happened to not get any of them at our table, right. so we just sat, sat down yeah. and taught ourselves. Someone came along a little bit later and said, "Oh, do you need any help with this?" And we said, "Fine, no, no, we're fine." Oh, um, okay. so yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think. Um, there were a lot of the, the, obviously some of the big stands which all had uh, several big games set out, uh, mm. and a lot of them were were quite busy the whole time. I think I, I wanted mm. I kept on walking past. Um, oh, who is it that's got the uh, reprint of Armand Ray? Is that Osprey? I can't oh remember. yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was around the corner from Switch. And yeah, so I know. Been on. I walked past that a few times. I was I, was, I kept on meaning to try and uh, try and demo that, but it we, was we uh, played that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I, I don't think I've played the original because no, it, it didn't seem that that familiar. But um, yeah, it was interesting, sort of bidding area control sort of sort of game. Yeah, and yeah, it was nice. It was certainly very pretty. Yeah, um, I think um, I didn't actually do a huge amount of demos over the over the thing. I did, uh, apart from the Twitch signal, which wasn't really a demo; it was teaching myself. Um, I only tried. I did a, a, a short but quite fun game called Overstocked that I haven't hadn't heard of before. Yeah, uh, by Mandela Fernandez Grandon. It's a really quick game. You've you've only got six cards, and you play those six cards as best you can, and try and get the most points. It's, right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it takes like ten minutes, but it's the, by the end of it, it's agonising. Oh, do I put it here? Do I put it there? Because you've got lots of um, each card has got like six segments, and you can lay them on two other cards to try and make areas of mm. these 1980s toys. Um, <laughs> Well, not 
not quite con- uh, 1980s toys. Like, it's not a Furby, it's a something else. It's uh, a, a, it's a distinct, a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a Tamagotchi, it's something else. Um, yeah. yeah, more of a 1990s toy. Anyway, it's a... Uh, it was a really fun little game, but it's it, uh, that's that was like a, a very quick demo. What else do we demo? I think we demoed like only two or three games over the whole weekend. I don't quite mm. know how we managed that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's all... hard to know where where the time goes. Yeah, actually do, but it's so easy to just get sort of I was just wandering Absolutely. around, kind of looking at everything. There's so much to see. Yeah, I um, mean, I, I had a couple of um, stands where I just had a, a quick overview of the rules and things. Nice. Yeah. I had, oh, I had a quick go of uh, Swatch, which is uh, a nice. I, I wanted that's one I've uh, seen around at various conventions, and I wanted to have a go to see whether it worked with colour blindness, and it does. Even though right, it's, yeah, it's entirely about colours and mixing so colours to make cards other colours. Different colours, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got an aim of you've got to try and produce this mix of colours, but you've got to get these base colours to mix to make it in mm. a, yeah. Does seem like, like a colour blindness nightmare. Yeah, but it actually works. It's fine. You, just, <laughs> uh, you know what you need to do. Yeah, it's fine. It's a nice little card game, actually. I had a, another little game called Psycho Babble, which was uh, a uh, fairly basic hidden role game based around this crazy elaborate art so the some artists had done a, a whole deck of uh weird art and then the, uh, the designer of the game had made the game around it so oh, the, right. the art oh, okay. come first interesting right yeah yeah so yeah that was uh, quite nice uh but yeah i don't think i can think of another demo that i had i spent one morning on a stand uh they, um i did uh, a morning on the playtest stand Playtest UK, grabbing people and trying to get them to play um, prototypes, and it was really easy this year. It's like, okay. oh, you, you need some people for this this game. I'll try and get you. Oh, here we go. There you go. So <laughs> we walked past it at one point, and it was it was rammed. Yeah, can we playtest something? And I'll say, and I'd, I'd go. Um, everyone seems to be full. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, embarrassment of yeah. riches. Yeah. But I I was um, I did this time not spread myself quite so thin. I mean, I'm, on previous ones, I've done Plater Stand and also helped out on Better Stand for a bit and had a couple of other things booked in. But this time, mm-hmm. I went there with just that. I wasn't helping out Bez this time. I, I obviously stopped over and said hello and mm-hmm. uh, played a couple of the games. But you know, but I didn't have any responsibilities. I didn't have anything booked in. Uh, we booked into one of the shows. Uh, oh. I don't Did you go to any of the extra events? No, I didn't. Shows no. No, we only been booked in one this time. I mean, they've they've got some that sort of um, are there every time, like the yeah. uh, John Robertson, the Dark Room is. Uh, um, everyone seems to have gone to that at some point in their expo experience. <laughs> yeah, that's um, strange Australian man shouting at people <laughs> <laughs> in a very aggressive kind of way. Um, but yeah, the one that we went to see was. Um, uh, Tom Crosby, the performing nerd who does amazing things with like Rubik's cubes and memory, and he, yeah, he, he he did actually some very impressive things. I can't oh. remember any of them just now, but he, he definitely <laughs> solved the Rubik's cube several times in in uh, entertainingly different ways, hmm. including you know throwing it behind his back while solving it and things. You know. <laughs> was that was at the at the Hilton or no? That was in the in NEC. The, so yeah, it was just. It was, it, 
Uh, I had a, a quite relaxed expo because we were at the NEC for the hotel as well. So with with that performance and the hotel being right there and the all the trade halls being right there, I just sort of walked in and out, uh, walked out and into another thing and didn't have to uh, traipse around like we did last time. We had a yeah. we had a hotel on the other other side of the airport last time, but. Mm. Right. Yeah, it, it is so much easier just being being yes, right okay. there. We, we we went back to the Hilton this year, which we hadn't done for quite a while. Yeah. But we felt like since since we've missed the last two expos, we might as well treat ourselves. And yeah, that's what we have the full well, experience. Yeah. yeah, rather yeah. than trying to manage having to nice drive to, uh, in every day. Nice meeting up and playing with people in the uh, open gaming in the evenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a good. we had a few of the people from Sheffield. Yeah. Get together. So yeah, we we played some games in the Hilton in the evening. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we played So Clover, didn't we? That was great. We did. Yeah. That, I really that, enjoyed that. Is that. A good game. Yeah, that was really fun. I mean, it probably has some sort of scoring mechanism. It's one of those where you kind of ignore that. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not the point. It's like um, what's that other game where you, it's got scoring but you never bother with it? Um, con- concept. Concept. Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, you just keep playing until you get bored, don't you? It's one of them kind of games until. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we need to go through so, what so, so Clover is? It's, uh, if you want yeah. to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's um, you've got cards with uh, four sides, and each side has got a word, and you fit this into a grid so that each side of the grid, so so you've got a four by four grid, so each side has got two words on it, mm-hmm. one from each, one from uh, one each from two different cards on that side. You write something on the. Uh, so this is a all in some sort of plastic clover leaf. So on that side, you've got uh, an area of plastic where you can write a clue, mm. which will relate those two words. So if you've got spy and smooth or something, you can write bond or like. <laughs> And then you take all those cards off, uh, just leaving the clover with the the clues on each side. You add another card, shuffle them up, and then everybody else looks at these cards and tries to arrange them in the right way to fit the clues that you've given. <laughs> so they're looking at this this word where you've written bond, and they're going, bond, ah, oh, it must be glue. There's one of the cards that says glue. So that must be there. And you're going, no, no, it's... <laughs> Yeah, and that was that was the extra card that gives them yeah. actually a much better answer than. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it does that. Yeah. So sometimes you can get really unlucky like that. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you try and be really clever and go get some uh, really excellent, amazing word that fits these two cards in this really obscure way, and then another card comes up that just fits that word that you put <laughs> so much better. Yeah. yeah. I think the uh, the lesson I took from that is if you have to Google to find a word to to fit the thing, <laughs> yeah, don't use that's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was baffling. I can't remember what the two, what I put, the two I put words the word we were trying plu- to put together. I put the word pluviometer, <laughs> <laughs> and then realised that no one knew what a pluviometer was, <laughs> or how it worked. Or how I, it I think worked. we managed to figure out what it was. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to get people to to uh, connect the words weather and fill. Because uh, it's something which fills up with rainwater to measure how much rain there is. <laughs> but no, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just more confusing. Yeah, but yeah, so clever was quite fun. That we came up with was what's the answer? 
baby we wrote for the words bath apprentice <laughs> i just really yeah. enjoyed writing the words sort of trying to figure out stuff like more, yeah, more, to, more than figuring out to link like, them together yeah, yeah yeah trying to find a word mm. that sort of linked things together it was just really mm. fun i think when, uh, when you got a good combination sometimes they were just hard it worked quite well with however many people as well, because uh, you and Gary were, were working together, and I think you were having fun sort of com- uh, having yeah, a conversation yeah, was, trying to work out the thing. Yeah, trying to work out how, so, do, we, how do we link these two words. So playing as a team is just as fun as playing as, you know, yeah. solo. Yeah. I'd, I'll definitely pick that up at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a great kind of end of the evening game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People can sort of, of, anybody could play that. And people can it, drop in and out. You can put yeah. as much that can take it seriously if you want to. Yeah. yeah. If um, I've got a couple of, I didn't realise this, but they do awards, the UK Games Expo, they have an awards ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently they have it at the actual, uh, uh, like as a show thing, like what Tom was mentioning. But if I mention a couple of these games, you can probably tell me if you saw them being played or if you saw them anywhere or if you saw anybody demoing them or anything like that. So um, tell me your thoughts about this. Best uh, best board game American style, whatever that means. Uh, Unfathomable. If I can say that. Unfathomable. That's the... Um, that's the Fantasy that's the Flight one, right? That's Battlestar Star Galactica, Galactica reprint thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not see that at the, at the expo at all. Ah, okay. I didn't either. I mean, <laughs> I it, I'm sure it was that somewhere. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I'm sure it was for sale somewhere. But yeah. to be honest, the Fantasy Flight weren't really prominent at all, were they? Which is sad. Oh, really? No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. In Asmodee were there, obviously. But I don't remember there being anything that was specifically FFG. Now I think about it. Uh, best best board game European style. This is Bitoku. Oh, yes. We did, did see, see that. did see that out, yes. It was, yeah. it was next to where we were playing Red Cathedral. And it, it looks amazing. It looks beautiful. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that board. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I have heard that it's kind of uh, it's quite cutthroat. I think quite quite complicated and quite oh, yeah. competitive. But it looks yeah. really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so from the box, you think it's quite a light kind of cute family game. It has this lovely picture of a deer or something like that on the on the front, and it looks lovely. But yeah, the game is deceptive. Yeah. But yeah, I like to play that. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, best card game strategic, Lord of the Rings LCG. Oh, I thought well, that was an older game. I thought classic. that maybe it's got yeah, used into something. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's a great game. Sure. But yeah. oh yeah, I guess that yeah, it had a it had a reprint of the core set. That doesn't oh, count. Yeah, that's a bit <laughs> strange one to pick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's just cheating. I mean, it's a great game. But, uh, um, best di- dice game, dice theme park. Oh yeah, they were demoing that. Was that was an alley cat, wasn't it? Yeah. Alley yeah, cat, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah they were, I didn't play it, but um, it seemed very popular. I saw a lot of people walking around with copies, like they'd bought it. Oh, did you? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you see um, uh, what's the big game that's on Board Game Geek at the moment? The Zoo one. Mark Nova. Uh, Mark Nova. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that out actually. I saw a copy in the Bring and Buy for eighty-five pounds. Whoa! Wow. I did not buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet someone did though. <laughs> they did. Yeah, it wasn't there the next time I went. Yeah. So yeah, I think somebody had it. But, yeah, there wasn't much of it about. I think it was being demoed right in the corner, but it was it was never available. Shockingly. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, think they needed that's... to. They didn't need to demo that. People were going to no, buy it. No, not really. <laughs> no, it's sort of unnecessary at this point. Yeah, it, it's far too long a game to play at the expo. I think anyway. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah, is it a long one? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah, especially really good. 
Uh, speaking of the bring and buy as well, I spoke to somebody who was who who went as well. Uh, I can't remember who it was now, but somebody from the club went, and the, I think they were waiting in a queue uh, to actually get in or to to register the games they wanted to put in there or something. Did you did you see that there was a queue there, or did you manage to? to I ventured in there anything? once on Sunday morning, I think, and there was no queue to get in, and it, there was reasonable space in there. I could wander around. Um, All right. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know different times were different, uh, at different numbers of people. But I, yeah. I, I happened to mm. to go in one time when there was uh, yeah. when it was relatively easy. I, I, I really don't like the the crush of people that you get in there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. it was alright. I mean, yeah. I didn't buy anything, but it was alright. In, in previous <laughs> years, it's been really, really bad, really round. Yeah. I did wonder about, it. but they they, they yeah. spaced. The, it was all on shelves this year rather than being on a table. And it used to be that there was just yeah. one flat table and everything would be lying flat. So right. you know, kind of everybody had to cram around it, trying to see what was uh, further back. Yeah. Uh, but this and time edging along was, quickly, very slowly, as the crowd drifts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but this time it was all on shelves, so you could right. fit a lot more in front of you. And at a set of shelves, and there'd be a whole load of stuff to look at. And uh, they were really widely spaced, so there's quite a lot of room between each sort of corridor of shelves. Uh, yeah. So you could browse a lot easier. Yeah. 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 Did you have anything selling this time, Lizzie? I'd- um, yeah, I took eight games, I think. It isn't, isn't much for me at the expo, but I, I only sold four of them. But I didn't get around to putting the prices down, which I, I should have done. Normally I go on Saturday evening and put the prices down, but this time I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> and I took them home. But yeah, there, there was definitely a queue. I think it was Saturday morning when I had a look, and there was a huge queue to get in. All right, yeah. So I didn't bother. But in the afternoon, there wasn't a queue to get in at all. I just, just wandered in. But there oh, was a good. huge queue to buy things. That mm. seemed to be the bottleneck. They didn't have many people on the tills, I think, was the issue. So I think I queued for about 40 minutes to buy something, which was, yeah, unpleasant. How, how, how yeah. did it work? Did it just have like a price on and you just go and pay that and then they sort it out, sending the money to the person? Is that how it works? It's all cash. So, oh, is it? Yeah. All oh, right. So you, you have to buy in cash. Oh, and the other problem was they wouldn't let people in with bags. That was a nuisance. Um, Surely everybody had bags, didn't they? Well, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the, the problem. But they, they don't want people going in with bags and then basically uh, just yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's the problem. But then, bit like you say, everybody has a bag. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. Do so. Obviously, I, I just I just had to leave stuff with Gary and and go in. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But if if you don't have somebody that you can leave stuff with, then it, it's a real problem. And I yeah. think. Somebody, they, they, they wouldn't let her in with like a handbag with your, your purse in it. I'm like, well, how am I going to buy anything if I don't have? Yeah. Paul said <laughs> one, one time she went in, she was let in with a handbag, and then the next time there was a different person on the door, and she wasn't let in with a handbag. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, it's just in- inconsistent. What do you consider mm. a bag? I yeah. guess so. So yeah, that, that that was problematic. I can see where they're coming from, but it, it mm. wasn't wasn't but, ideal. Yeah. So yeah, a good yeah, was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean. Yeah, it was it, it was worth it, even sort of having to queue up forty minutes. I just, I didn't queue to get in at all. So normally I'd expect to queue for fifteen twenty minutes to get in and then to buy something. So it it, it evened out that it wasn't unreasonable, but it's certainly it's, it's good that it's there. It's a great it's a great way to buy some games and sell off yeah. some. And did you uh, did you meet any celebrities? Did you see any YouTubers or any um, designers or anything like that, or, any, or speak to any of them? Did you? Nobody super famous this year. There it? was one guy off the telly. Oh, really? uh, <laughs> yeah. You know the the play that goes wrong. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, apparently in lockdown. He started, you know, getting um, uh, doing um, escape room boxes, uh, right. putting together puzzles. <laughs> so that so they so they understand selling a load of them, which uh, the the thing that he's been doing. And yeah. he he turned up and uh, sold. Yeah, so. <laughs> You know, I walked past him. Oh, that's like that guy off the telly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember it, um, the first time I went to Expo, they they were doing. Uh, they had like celebrity guests. They had like Colin Baker presenting awards and things. Oh right, yeah. But I, I don't think they bother doing that now. They don't. They don't. They just say, right, here's some games. You like games? Here's games. They don't. They don't have uh, celebrity guests to uh, uh, get yeah. people in. Yeah. No, I'm think, not. I'm not yeah. sure there were any of these sort of really famous kind of board game. People, I mean, I've seen Tom Russell there before, but I don't think he yeah, was there this year. Yeah. One, yeah. one year, definitely, the Shut and Sit Down crew were there. Because I remember one time I um, I saw somebody in the crowd and waved to them. I was like, oh, hi, and I sort of waved to them. And then I, I realised it was Quinn's. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> right. no, I don't know you. Sorry. Yeah, I saw, I saw a couple of Shut and Sit Down people walking past. the back. internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember uh, one, uh, there was a... Uh, uh, one expo we went to um, a few years back, where Quinn's uh, was sort of slumped by the uh, d- down by a door, looking really tired. I think he, he, <laughs> that was the year he was doing a netrunner tournament, and he wrote, oh, uh, right. wrote about how yeah. it was sort of you know, draining his soul. He yeah. wrote a, a fantastic article about it later, you know, about it was amazing. But yeah, he, he walked off, and then some other people walked walk past, say, "Oh, that's Quinn's off a thing, yeah." Yeah, let's go after him. Yeah, it's like gathering people to go and chase after Quinn. So. I'm sure he was God. delighted. <laughs> but anyway, yes, um, I did have a, uh, I did meet uh, Zev Schlesinger. He's a board game celebrity. You don't know uh, who that is. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. He is the Z Man of Z Man games or Z Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because design the speed dating thing. Oh right, right. That makes sense. I met, I met a couple of designers who were doing like Kickstarters I've backed recently mm. and um, things like that. Nobody I'd call famous, unfortunately. Maybe one day. But um, it's nice to catch up with them. Sort of pe- people you've seen on the internet are sort of talking about their games. Yeah. I've actually yeah, seen yeah. them in person and sort of have a chat about how mm. it's going on and, uh, and stuff yeah. like that. It's what Tom Love will. The expo. It's what Tom Love will. He's famous. Uh, yeah. 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 He's been on like podcasts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I've I've got a little bit of a story as well. We've um, at work we've we I've been inviting a couple of people around to play board games. So we've been I've had a few people around to our house, and uh, I got talking to one of the guys, and he's into his um, role playing games, uh, and he's a he's a D and D what they call him the game master who runs the game dungeon master. Uh, so he said, oh well, we can play at lunchtime if you want. We'll we'll play an hour game and someone will we'll do a quick campaign so we we, we organized that of three or four of us but he he went to the expo as well and he brought us back some uh dn dice they're called but it's like a little sealed packet like a little silver packet blind pack that you open and inside there's a dice for your role-playing games you know just like the different types like a d4 a d8 a 12 a 10 a couple of sixes but each one's like a different color. They're, they're all like themed to a different color, and you get like a little card in as well. So I was really kind of him. He got he got us all this uh, like one of these packs he, from the from the show uh, with one of these little cards in that gives you like a potion or a starting equipment or something like that. 
So we all, we all got some uh, some dice off him. But uh, I wanted to mention it because I think as well as board games, there's a lot of role playing stuff there as well, isn't there? And um, like yeah. cosplaying and things like that. Yeah. Well, there was a stand with some very pretty dice, which we uh, ogled mm. a bit. Mm. There was a uh, free, yeah. free, free dice, free dice, free, free dice. I don't know how you say it. <laughs> but yeah, they had uh, pretty little sort of see-through dice with little things inside, so you oh, could have right. a set of uh, animal dice with various different animals in, them, or uh, <laughs> fantasy dice. So this one's got a dragon in, and wow. yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was really yeah, nice. They, yeah. really pretty, and, and, and it says they balanced. I, I don't believe it. But yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. They're pretty. <laughs> Maybe it'll keep these, on rolling though. ones and kill me, but, you know. That's, that's the trouble with dice like that. They do look awesome, but they yeah. they can be very difficult to actually read the numbers. No, they, they so. seem pretty good. But yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty. Yeah. I mean, there are some dice that are definitely more more style than substance. Like, you could... Mm. Yeah. This is amazing. Kill the cued calligraphy on every side and but what number is it i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but these were nice very clear um but and very pretty and we just sat uh going around looking at all of them yeah <laughs> and lots of miniatures uh the, you do have a fairly good selection of people who've put together uh amazing models and the, mm. the giant giant dragon head of course so, yeah uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. There's yeah. quite a lot of sort of stalls selling selling miniatures and scenery. Quite a lot of yeah. Oh, yeah. places that were selling scenery for the yeah. war games and tabletop right, yeah. games. Yeah. That that sort of thing. There's a lot there was of a stand which had a uh, uh, an intelligent table where you move the the figures around and it and it calculates which one's winning which battle. Uh, when <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that 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 looked insane. It it, it is insane. I mean, like thirty five thousand pounds to buy or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ridiculous. I didn't buy one. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's hard to imagine who would like who who are they aiming that at? I don't know. But, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I they don't only know. need one customer, and they there, I think. I guess so, if the entire weekend, if one person buys it, so I yeah. guess it would be awesome for kind of somewhere like the Treehouse or something like that that had. Yeah, maybe yeah, I think like it's a, for a group people. or a shop would, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah it would have you wouldn't buy it for your house. I event, think. Yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if I win the lottery. <laughs> we said, we actually said tables. that quite a lot. If we win the lottery, we'll... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever we walk, walk past the board game tables, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do look nice. They do yeah. look nice. A lot of options. It's a really right, nice place as well. That's it. I'm off to get my ticket now then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to mention or go through or anything else you want to talk about? Well, I'll just say that the uh, attendance for it was pretty much back up to uh, 2019 levels, which is mm-hmm. where it, mm. the last one pre-COVID. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it had, not not higher. Yeah, no, about the same. But it, it was had been growing well. every year. Yeah. Uh, up until 2019, like, yeah. like doubled in the last three years before that, mm. and it's and it's back to about that same level, I think. But yeah. Yeah, it it didn't feel as busy as 2019. I think people were a bit more spread out, mm. especially on Sunday. It's very quiet. Yeah, somebody else said it was quiet on the Sunday as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised how much difference it it made. I kind of mm. expected that it would spread out a bit over the because of the bank holiday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, previous years Friday's definitely been uh, the quiet day, and then Saturday it's mad, and then Sunday's yeah. a little bit quieter. Yeah. This time, I think it was pretty much the same. Friday, on Friday and Saturday, Saturday yeah, yeah. About, about equal. Yeah. Yeah. And not not too busy. I know. Um, places, but... Tom Lovewell said that it it. Uh, 
on his uh, as a trader. He was on a stand all the time. It said it felt pretty much the same as 2019 from the trader's perspective. Let's get the numbers back up. But yeah, it'd be mm. interesting to see how much it goes up next year. Yeah, or I mean, if if it does, or if it will kind of plateau now, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But um, I think quite a few people were still put off by COVID, so I imagine it will pick up again. Yeah, yeah. And it is certainly by quite a long way the biggest games event in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think if there was a bigger one. Gen Con is that still going in the UK? I don't know if that's still available, but Aircon is probably the next biggest one. I would have thought. Yeah, and that's much I think smaller. it is Aircon. Yeah, which I was mm. surprised at. I think Aircon has like um, attendance of like three thousand, whereas UK Games was like more like twenty-three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's a big jump. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that there isn't a big one in London that I just mm. haven't been to or whatever but but no I'm, yeah. su- I'm surprised that Aircon is actually the the next largest there's mm. Tabletop Gaming Live which has been happening in London is going to be happening in Manchester I don't know how big that is but right uh, okay yeah I've not been to it is that happening quite soon um, oh I could probably look at that uh, September oh right okay 17th September in Manchester yeah, it's quite a good time of year to have another another convention really because we do mm. get otherwise it's a huge gap from now till aircon next year it's ages yeah so it would be nice to have something <laughs> in the middle uh to look yeah. forward to yeah i might go along to that is that the one that's organized by the uh, magazine yeah tabletop yeah, gaming magazine yeah yeah, yeah. I, I might be making this up i feel i feel like it's more um publisher based i see both aircon and uk games expo are run by basically volunteers right it's not mm. really the industry that are organizing mm. it and aircon mainly people go along to play i think yeah you yes. can get through a bit there's a lot more selling yes but, there's a lot still, more traders but still a lot of, yeah, still, a lot of still a lot of open gaming which i don't think you get at the american cons no um, i believe I've, I've never been to one but i think origins and whatever it's mostly traders there's not yeah. a lot of same, open gaming same lesson i think i think that's mainly just selling yeah yeah, Essence sounds insane. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I should go one year, just sort of experience it. Yeah, but that'd be brilliant. Yeah. I think it would be a bit much, but it would yeah. be a, it would be a great trip to do at some point and uh, just see what it's like. Because, yeah, mm. I think that is just very much. Just get the experience. Great. Yeah, and mm. really just a lot, a lot going on. But mm. um, all of the publishers would be there. Have you been to any of these cons, Rick? Nope. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I, I, I keep meaning to go at some point, but I just end up there, there being, you know, I mean, other things come up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll definitely try and yeah, try and get to one at some point. Yeah, it is, it is a really good experience. It's yeah. I yeah, think yeah, I'd, I'd recommend like... Aircon for someone who's not been to a con before. It's much mm. easier to handle. Mm. Um, yeah, and still you get the the stalls and the you do still get demos the and the yeah. and the events and the yeah. Yeah. and jolly boat. Yeah, <laughs> you still got all of that stuff happening. Yeah. Um, mm. But there's a lot of games. I'd say as well, the library at Aircon is much better than the one at the Expo. I didn't I didn't look at the library this time. I just uh, played games that other people got in. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't amazing. They did have, what, 11 copies of Agricola? Yeah, good if you wanted Agricola. If you wanted Agricola, then you were absolutely sorted. But um, they didn't have a lot of the new hotness. I think they have a lot more problems with people taking stuff, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Whereas Aircon this year had loads of brand new games that I I hadn't got got around to playing. So that was was really good. Yeah, we played a good few. A few good ones from the library at Aircon, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd recommend either, really. 
Mm. But they are quite different experiences. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for joining me. It's, uh, it's been good speaking to you and uh, hearing your experiences about the UK Games Expo. So thank you very much, Tom. Uh, yeah, good to speak and to you. Thanks, Lizzie, as well. Thanks for joining us. It's been good talking to you. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, we'll catch you all next time on the next podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye for now. Bye. Bye.